0: This is Jared Fishman, and you're listening to the Twenty Sided Gamified Podcast. The past twenty years, I've blended games and education together in the classroom. I'm a history teacher, a game-based learning specialist, and I serve on the board of HMGS Next Gen Inc. and the North American Simulations and Games Association. I'm looking to broaden my own knowledge of game-based learning by talking to the people that do it best. Pull up a chair, get your dice ready, and enjoy the ride. Friends, as we all know, life in the modern world can be pretty tough sometimes. Whether it's that overwhelmed feeling caused by the 24-hour news cycle or that exhausted keeping up with the Joneses marathon that many people feel like they're running on a daily basis or simply trying to get by day in and day out. The good news is that there are now platforms designed to provide us with the support we need. Our sponsor, BetterHelp, is a wonderful resource that's purposely designed to be accessible and personalized to your exact specifications. With the click of a button, you can sign up and be matched with a professional of the highest standards, a specialist that can be an unbiased support system throughout your week and beyond. And BetterHelp goes out of its way to ensure that your needs are met. If the professional you're matched up with isn't working out, BetterHelp will work tirelessly to match you up with someone who will. Here at 20 Sided Gamified, we fully and readily support our listeners' goals of living healthy, fulfilling lives filled with laughter, fun, gaming, and stories to pass on from generation to generation. We are proud to have a partnership with BetterHelp, and we hope you'll look into this wonderful opportunity and resource at a time where we all may need a little boost. Signing up for BetterHelp has never been easier. Go to betterhelpcom 20 gamified to learn more and sign up at a 10% discount for your first month. You can also gain access to BetterHelp through the link provided in our show notes. Thank you so much. All right, twenty-sided gamified podcast fans. I hope you guys are doing well. This is Jared here. No, Kelly McManus. It's uh, I think it's too early for him to be to be completely honest with you. Our guest is smiling right now. Kelly likes to sleep. Um, I gave him the pass here, so. Uh, so I'm gonna get a monologue just ever so slightly. Um, today's a great day. Um, I got to see my niece yesterday, got to see my family yesterday. So in the private school world or independent school world, uh, we're off, thank God. You know, so we've got a couple of weeks, which means the podcast schedule is pretty wild. I have some some of really like the most interesting and cool guests I think I've ever had on the show basically coming in over the course of the week. Um, I have a very cool guest today. Um, So I'm going to swell his ego just a little bit. And I I, want to kind of briefly sort of tell a story here. Now, I'm going to exaggerate because I'm a storyteller, but and I'll drop his name now. Um, I met Will Anderson. It must have been three or four years ago, even though COVID time makes it a little difficult to exactly remember things. So one of my best friends in the world, uh, we'll just call him Mike because he's, you know, He's like, again, kind of the golden goose. He would never come on the show, I don't think, but he'd be a great guest. Uh, Really good teaching friend. Really like one of my best friends, actually. And he has another uh, exceedingly close friend that he went to school with. And it was one of those things where I knew we were going to Lancaster and and Will Anderson was living there at the time. And Mike was just sort of like, yeah, he's really good at Scrabble. You know, like something along along those lines. And then as we were driving, that kind of contorts into, well, he's actually really good at Scrabble. Now, me... I love Scrabble. I'm horrendous at it, uh, which is selfishly why I'm excited about uh, this podcast, because hopefully Will can uh, give me some pointers and such. But I just didn't understand really the level of good that we were really talking about. So here's my story, right? So we're sitting at this bar in Lancaster, and we meet this guy, Will Anderson. Great dude, right? So we're just sort of talking. And I don't know, the the same way in which I asked kind of pointed – sometimes weird questions on this podcast. I was sort of doing it to him in the moment. And I was just sort of like, how do you get good at Scrabble? Like, how how does this work? You know, and he basically and maybe he'll fix this because I just remember the story this way. Um, you know, he had this app and he shows me like 10 or 15 words and they're all sort of scrambled up. Right. And he's walking me through in the same way in which somebody would breathe. Like he's walking me through. He's like, well, when you see this combination, and he just starts rattling words off. And I'm like, okay, this is really interesting. And I, I think I said something along the lines of, oh, so this is really cool. You must have seen these letter combinations before. And he's like, and he just, like a shark, like with dead eyes looks at me. And he's like, no, nah, I've never seen this in my life. He was literally just making words out of these random conglomerations of letters in the same way in which I might walk down the street. And from right there, I didn't know that I was going to be doing this podcast, but right then and there, I was sort of saying to myself, this is a guy that I'd love to talk to at length at some other point. So on that note, uh, he's he's sitting here in our Zoom space. He's He's trying to look humble. Um, this is Will Anderson. And In all seriousness, um, he really is like one of the, not just one of the great Scrabble players in the world. I think he's more than that because he's a ridiculously good teacher. And more than anything else, he's really good at explaining this unbelievably challenging game in which, even if you've never played Scrabble before, you can understand. And I think that is really what sets him apart from a lot of the other uh Folks out there, you know, in this world, so really long-winded, but there we go. What's up, Will? That was, uh,
1: first of all, incredibly kind uh, intro for me, but secondly, I have to correct the record there. If I <laughs> if I was showing you this phone app where I train. For scrabble and suggested that i've never seen any of these words before i i can't imagine how that would be the case i think <laughs> that that is a um, maybe just a, a little ego thing there, or maybe I was showing you nine or 10 letter words that you wouldn't study for Scrabble. But Scrabble is definitely a game that benefits greatly from pattern recognition. And a lot right. of what we do is to sort of train outside of gameplay to, to see the words. And it, it looks a bit like a magic trick for somebody well, I, that has has not been initiated in that process. So, all right, so um, hold on
0: there. So Will Anderson, hold on a second. So, I mean... Again, I have so many just out there questions. So even before we get into your origin story, just on that note, I mean, look, I mean, is there a combination of letters? Like, so when you're training and you get those random combinations of letters, right, to kind of train you in terms of like finding words and such, I mean, is there a combination of letters you've never seen? Uh, Do you know what I mean by that question? I do,
1: yeah. So the thing about it is that in Scrabble, as word length increases, utility somewhat decreases. It's not quite linear, but certainly those really short words that are the foundation of the game, those are the most important ones to learn. And as you work your way up the ladder, there's actually a little bit of a dip in utility with the six letter words because you get a huge bonus for playing all of your tiles, which you cannot do with a six letter word. A bingo. Is that what yeah. that's called? Okay. It's a bingo. It's the weirdest thing, right? Like every other game, like Tetris, what is the what is the move in Tetris that gets you the most points? It's called mm-hmm. a, te- a Tetris. Right. Why in Scrabble do we call the best move a bingo? That is a mystery <laughs> that I've I've not solved. But you know what
0: else too? Like, don't get me wrong, bingo is like bingo's a cool game, but it they're not at all on the same yeah, they're level, not, you know? They're it's not like...
1: really related. So it's a very <laughs> odd thing that we call super this, weird. This equivalent of uh, a Tetris in, in that game is called a Bingo in Scrabble. But right. um, in any case, um, the the idea is that at a certain word length, you know, twos, threes, fours, fives, very useful words to know. They're kind of the the ground game of Scrabble, and then all the pyrotechnics in the game come from the seven and eight letter words where you can right. use all seven of your tiles. Any longer than that the utility starts to drop dramatically of do I actually need to know this word for Scrabble purposes? So for sure, once you hit that nine letter threshold, there's going to be stuff that I haven't seen before. And that's, at least I hope, what I was showing you four years ago (laughs) in in Lancaster, because that would have checked out that some of those words I would not have seen in formal study before. Anything lower than that, I am, uh, uh, you know, crazy enough that I would have expected to see it many times in, in study and recall it instantaneously during a game.
0: No, I got you. Now, all right. So we're already in the weeds here, which is great, you know, because <laughs> I just find, I don't know, Scrabble is one of those games that I just find really fascinating for a whole bunch of different reasons, which we could probably get into. But, well, first off, I feel like we have to shout Mike out. I'm not going to say his last name. He would probably be so mad at me if I did. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. But uh, but uh, so, again, in, in a little monologue at the beginning, um, you know, we share a really good friend, you know, really good teaching friend for me. But I guess, well, you went to school with Mike, right?
1: Yeah, best man at my wedding. Um, yeah. you know, really really close friend. I think, you know, we've had a ton of mutual interest over the years. Some of them would be more traditional we are huge New York Jets fans. That's been a, a huge source of uh, negativity in our lives <laughs> that we share right. uh, and bond over. Um, but I think for me, the craziest arc with with Mike is just that he has really kind of embraced. And part of this came, I think, when he started to pursue creative writing. Mm-hmm. Just this this sort of renaissance that he's had into – tabletop RPGs and yeah. other sort of video games that have always been my bread and butter. Um, right now we have a a, a joined, uh, with another friend of ours, a shared playthrough of Baldur's Gate 3. We play every week. I look yeah. forward to it incredibly much. It's a, he was it's a ton that, of fun. <laughs> so um, I didn't, I'm not sure I necessarily... Saw that arc coming for him into his adulthood, but yeah. it's actually even we were already incredibly close friends, and now that that sort of transition for him where he's running, you know, table he's running D and D style RPGs, as you well know. Oh, I that, do. Yeah. That's brought our two, you know, interest groups even closer together. Yeah, so, well, um, what's
0: hysterical about Mike? And I and I I'm actually glad that I have this podcast because I can embarrass him here. <laughs> he's just so goddamn humble. That's actually, it kind of kills me, actually. So, for example, when we won this award uh, a few years ago for a game that we sort of designed, and, like, I came up with the fundamentals of it, but the really interesting stuff he came up with, and, of course, because of the way he is, like, I, I, the best email I've, I've ever got a chance to write in my life was where, like, you know one I guess it was his department head or my department head or something like wrote this email to the school like oh you know you know these guys won this award you know it's so great blah 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 and then i got to kind of come over the top and be like actually most of the good ideas were mike's <laughs> cuz he would never say he it he can't so. hide yeah he now, can't know, hide so. when you're doing the writing so i know it's very true so Glad it's like for him to get his flowers oh, totally 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 the guy's a goddamn genius so uh, mike if you're listening out there we love you all right so um so we know where our connection is, right? I think what the audience would probably love to hear about, right? And just before we get into your origin story, where are you ranked right now as a Scrabble player at this point? Um, How does there, that work?
1: It's kind of a maze of different rating systems and ranking systems. I would say that right now in the purely North American system, I am ranked fourth in, uh, in that system i yeah. have been ranked first there is another uh worldwide ranking system where i have been the top north american player for a while so there's right. that to consider but i typically hang around those those top ranks um, i still feel like i'm in pretty good form right now
0: yeah for sure and and i guess the reason i want i wanted to kind of give that to the audience is i I just want to know where this journey starts for you. You know, like how do you go from looking at these letters and this board? How do you go from that moment to where you are now, which again, like I don't I I I always say this because I I only pick people that I really want to talk to, like people I admire. I mean, you're pretty goddamn recognizable in the Scrabble world. Like I was sor- sort of surfing YouTube and it's like you're everywhere. If and you I search wanted,
1: for Scrabble on YouTube, I yeah. think I pop up first.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, no, it's amazing. And that's great. <laughs> and what I want to know is like where that journey starts. Like, how, yeah. how do you get there? So, so can we do that? Can we? Uh, for we, sure.
1: All right. Cool. I I will you know condense a little bit where necessary because okay. it, it's I, I think the the headline here for me when I look back. At the answer to this question is that so much of this feels like it happened by accident like it was Mm -hmm. just sort of happenstance right place right time kind of thing um i would say oddly it's it's important to note and i give this story sometimes that my mom taught me scrabble as so many people learn the game as a family pastime when i was young maybe 10 years old and she kicked my ass relentlessly <laughs> believing that i had natural verbal ability and that coddling me was not going to help yeah so she beat me five or six times in a row and i said i hate this game i never want to play again and we didn't play for some time so mm-hmm. the you know the prodigy gets into the game and immediately starts lighting it up absolutely right. not it was much more delayed onset for me so i think what really helped was a different game being slightly, you know, more of a, of a gateway drug for me, which was actually Boggle. So Boggle was the game where I started to fall in love with word games in general. And I do think that the rise of Wordle and other pastimes like that do show that there is something very universal about finding that order from the chaos of letters. It's just a very reliable dopamine-releasing feeling. And I started getting that with Boggle. Um, I played it on the internet a lot, um, one thing that happened to me, it's, this isn't, you know, I guess it's somewhat relevant, is that I have Crohn's disease. I have mm-hmm. a, a, a chronic ailment, and I was diagnosed with that when I was about 15 years old. And I've always loved playing sports, as Mike will tell you. We were out there playing basketball, football, baseball, any anything we can get our hands on. And when I first got sick, I didn't have that outlet. So I really started to fall in love with Boggle as this way to get my competitive juices flowing. And um, that's where I first started playing word games a lot. And it's where I learned some of the instinct to view the words that I was seeing every round. It would show you the words you didn't get. And I would see the same words over and over and start to incorporate those into my game Right. I think the biggest mindset there that carries over hugely into Scrabble is I wasn't really looking up very many definitions of those words. I was just saying to myself, ooh, here's a useful one. It's got these good letters that I keep missing. Right, That is something that is hugely applicable to competitive Scrabble as well, for better or for worse. So anyway, Boggle first, and then after at least a decade of playing Boggle, another friend of mine who was a Boggle player suggested to me that you would probably enjoy these Scrabble tournaments that are held in person. And the context at that time was I was struggling mightily with World of Warcraft addiction. (laughs) In fact, deeply, deeply addicted. And I was trying to sort of extricate myself with several failed attempts in there. So I was trying to find other hobbies that might have a chance of being similarly addicting, but would be wholesome enough to get me out of the house, get me in front of another flesh-and-blood person. And Scrabble came along at just that right time where I got this nudge to do it. I had played word games for years, so the transition was very easy. And I went to my first Scrabble tournament, frankly, thinking that it was going to be kind of like what you do when you go bungee jumping or skydiving, right. and, and you have a cool story to tell, but you're not going to become a skydiving instructor <laughs> off of that right, one right, right. trip. right. Makes sense but for me it was immediate kind of love at first sight this is my these are my people that i've you know wished that i had had been in this community for you know before and the positive feedback loop just started spinning from there where i went to my first tournament because of that background in boggle i did quite well But Mm -hmm. I immediately was looking around the room at some of the other boards that the expert players were playing. And I just said to myself, this looks awesome. I want to do this if possible. So Scrabble is, I think, the way that I got a YouTube comment that's sort of wrinkled my brain ever since I got it because it's so perfect to describe Scrabble, which is that it has a secret Complexity that does not come over, and does not is not readily apparent at first glance. But as yeah. soon as you come into contact with any part of it, it is so alluring, and it is such a fun game to improve at excuse me, to yeah. improve that. And I, I started that journey right away after my first tournament, and I had no ambitions or no idea of where it was going to take me. I just felt like, wow, I would love to get better at this game, whether that means learning words, learning strategic concepts. Doing those things made me better at the game, which in turn made me want to do more of it. <laughs> and I had no, I had like I said, no ambition of being a champion player or being this or that in the game. It just kind of happened by accident. Um, yeah. and here I am as one of the stronger players in certainly the U S and maybe the world by extension.
0: So did you go into that first tournament kind of cold?
1: Yeah, I did almost you no just showed up. prep. Yeah, I just showed up. Um, the beautiful thing, like I said, a, a decade of playing Boggle pretty avidly will really, really hone in on those shorter words. So that's, that's the type of word you're going to see over and over again playing Boggle. Right. Three-letter words, four-letter words, five-letter words. And those are really the foundation for a healthy Scrabble game. Right. And you can use the concepts that you're you will often see if you google scrabble tips and things like that you will get a lot of advice such as try to find seven and eight letter words using english inflection rules find words with ing find words ending in ers and in the early going That is exactly what I was doing. I was pairing this very strong base of shorter words with those basic understanding, you know, the principles of finding longer words. But you quickly realize that as I showed you four years ago. Yep. If you're looking to improve, you need to turn that process less as an active searching and more into instantaneous pattern recognition. If you really want to go anywhere in this game, which is a bit of a leap for a casual fan of the game. Oh, I would imagine there's
0: yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot at play here, which we are painstakingly painstakingly going to get into that. Uh, (laughs) Because because I think that again, to me. What's always really interesting about a, a game like Scrabble, or really, there's lots of other games. I would say this about again exactly what you're describing. It's it's one thing to be very casual, and I think for Scrabble, there's probably millions of casual players out there, right? But there's a whole nother level that you're at. You know, it's like yeah. that elite level. Like I've been thinking about pool actually mm. for a lot uh, a lot of time preceding this interview because. It's, it's almost like watching a really good pool player where you almost expect them to make the shot. It's not about making the shot. It's where do I want to be two uh, balls from that? Do you know what I mean? And, and and again, I don't want to get ahead of myself, right? But but that's kind of how what you do, it feels to me just so different than the way a lot of other folks look at Scrabble. Now, I have a question for you. Um, I know that's a silly preface, right? You're on a podcast being interviewed, but... <laughs> So look, did you have kind of a weird relationship with words? I mean, when you were in school, even though you took that hiatus from Scrabble, like when you're sitting in an English class or when you're reading a book casually, did you find that words kind of came naturally to you? If that makes yeah, sense?
1: I, it does did make they? sense. and And I think with the whole array of skills that you need to be an elite level Scrabble player, and there are a lot of them um, And I, I, I think there are so many skills that you need to be a top-level Scrabble player that it's a little bit dizzying. But the nice thing is that you don't have to be a super master of any of them, especially the strategic ones. But you really do need to put in the time with the words or have at least a little bit of natural ability there. And I have a funny story there, which be- long before I considered becoming a scrabble player i did discover that i was able to anagram things just almost by instinct really? so our high school baseball coach was a guy named and mike played lacrosse for this for mm-hmm. the for the record but he absolutely knows who this guy is yep. um his name was ed wisner W mm-hmm. I S S N E R so Ed Wisner and I remember I was sitting in English class zoning out not paying as much attention as I should be mm-hmm. and I realized in a flash that that guy's name anagrams to weirdness the word weirdness <laughs> right so that was where I sat there and I I think I laughed and the teacher looked at me Like, what's going on with you? Why are you (laughs) disrupting the class? And then I, after having that reaction, I thought to myself, whoa, that was weird. Kind of like a superpower revealing itself. So, of all the skills that you can have in Scrabble, that is the closest that I have to a natural superpower of just being very, very good at seeing words, memorizing new words that that's where my brain is spongiest. and I think part of that is because I played so much boggle during that part of your developmental you know growth as a person. you see it in chess all the time that the best players nowadays are ones who are were exposed to the game early while their brains are in that state to retain a ton of information and that's it's going to be very difficult for an adult, aged person to get into the game and reach those same levels of retention. And right. for me, because I was fortunate enough to find a similar word game at that time, I think that's that's sort of where my superpower lies. I've had to work way harder, and consequently I find it more interesting and fun at the strategic component of Scrabble, because that's not what I was exposed to at that age.
0: Right. So, I think we're ready then. I mean, I'm just thinking about everything you've talked about so far i think we're probably ready to kind of get into like what is the life of a of an elite level scrabble player look like meaning say there's a kid out there listening and it's very possible there's tons of teachers that listen to this podcast i mean there very well be a, there might be a kid out there that's listening to this that's 7 years old or 8 years old and might really like word games and what i really kind of want to do is give that person a sense of how do you kind of become an elite level player, right? I think we're, I I don't know about you. Do you think we're ready? I think so, yeah. I think so?
1: I think the, yeah, I think we've been building to it. We have. Um, So I think the first thing that I want to say with respect to this is that, if you're looking for a hobby to engage in, I think it's comforting to pick one that you kind of know is going to be around a while because there's definitely certain things that you can do, whether it be an individual video game or something like that, where it might be just a flavor of the month. It's not going to be here in a decade and the investment that you put into it will be fun in the moment, but it's not going to continue to pay dividends. But Scrabble is a game that is 80 years old and has still been a part of sort of the cultural consciousness in any country certainly english speaking country where it exists and even in other places like France and Spain it's it's pretty significant in those languages too so if you're at that point where you're looking for a new hobby the way i was you could do a lot worse than picking one that has the <laughs> staying power of a game like this if you are a word game fan so that's the right. first thing yeah that i would say but um to the to the actual question of what what is the the glamorous life of a <laughs> of a pro scrabble player yeah um, tell me about it yeah it's um i think right now because of like i said scrabble and you said it as well scrabble is seen as a more casual game so the competitive scrabble world is one that a lot of people sort of come to by accident. It's something that I'm hoping to change with my YouTube channel where to make it a little more intentional, where you might stumble across this and go down the rabbit hole there with my videos. Right. But um, I think it's um, there is certainly a sense of you fall in love with the game and other stuff comes onto your plate as a result. So, for example, um, I fell in love with the game and I sort of wanted to get better. And what did that entail? It meant that half an hour or so every day I was training with Scrabble words in sort of the program that I showed you where it's like yep. the jumble in the newspaper on steroids basically. Right. You're throwing these jumbled up words at at yourself uh, for some chunk of time every day so that you can again turn that active effort into pattern recognition that's like a part of many scrabble players lives and it's it's not it's it's some in some ways i consider it a bit of a flaw in game design that in order to access all the good stuff about this game you you have to do some of that stuff which i love i find it soothing relaxing almost a form of meditation but some people
0: consider it to be drudgery well let me actually stop you for one second because that that's something i've been thinking about right yes i mean okay let's say you're really really good at recognizing patterns right now now jump in here right so to me like it seems like you kind of have to know the dictionary. Is that true? Like, do you, I mean, you really have to know those words first, which, it, does that make sense? It
1: does, yeah. So the the way I would answer that is to suggest that Scrabble can be what you make of it. You can definitely right. appreciate all of that strategic richness without turning your life into constant homework. Right. Every day you have to learn words. There is a huge gain to that initial set of words you learned, whether it's the two-letter words, the top 20 or 30 seven-letter words by probability. So in Scrabble, uh, you have letter frequencies in the set of 100 letters. There are certain letters that appear a lot. Wheel of Fortune-style letters that you would see in Wheel of Fortune given to you in the bonus round, R-S-T-L-N-E. Those letters are really, really useful to play those seven- and eight-letter words. And if you even just learn 50 of those most common words with th- with those letters your game is going to shoot up in in quality right away so i would say that it really depends on your ambition if you're looking to go from decent home player into that next level of somebody that's employing tournament strategies even if you haven't turned your life into a study fest you can do that quite quickly so i I would i would say that at first but if you're looking to become a champion level scrabble player there is definitely no avoiding that sort of um knowledge check of yeah. you have to have put in the time and energy to go deep into that dictionary systematically so that you are not surprised when you see those combinations on your rack and you can play
0: them quickly in a how game. many words do you know?
1: Well, I know i know it's kind of an um, out
0: there question like do you do you know how many words you know so a couple, couple answers
1: that I yes. can give there. One would be to throw the question back at you and say, sure. what does it constitute to know a word for Scrabble purposes? Do I need to define it or do I
0: need to simply be able to find it in a Scrabble game? I so think just to find it, though. I think just to find okay. it, right? Because whether you know what the word means or not probably doesn't matter, Right. Right. But that's very odd. That a is very odd, thing. very odd, which is why I want to call attention to it. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Could yeah. I,
1: can I really be said to quote unquote know a word that I can play in a Scrabble context but know nothing else about? That's a weird question. Yeah. Right? yeah I, I yeah. didn't want to ignore. But <laughs> uh, the other nuance is that I could easily spit out the, the simple fact that in the north american scrabble dictionary from 2 to 8 letters in length there are i think just shy of 90,000 words so that sounds huge yes. but remember that a a typical english speaker's working vocabulary is some number of many thousands of words i think i've right. seen something like 20 000 to 25,000 words right there so you come you come off the street with a big chunk of those being known and maybe if you are a well-read person or a person with an excellent working vocabulary maybe another thousand a few thousand get added onto that so you have yeah. inroads into that number right away so um how many words yeah it, it's uh so for scrabble purposes i also have learned more words that are playable in the international english dictionary which is slightly larger because it consists of archaic words, slang right. from other english speaking countries such as australia, uk, you know there's there's more words in there so all told i would say i probably know something like 125,000 or 150,000 words
0: that you could play in scrabble. Yeah. I'm so I, yeah, it's just wild to me. Yeah, it's absolutely wild to me. Do you find it harder to learn the words that have more letters in it or is it the smaller words that are more tricky?
1: So I think for many, many players, the smaller words are sort of bedeviling because of the method that we use to learn these words. The one I showed you where you jumble up the letters and you throw them at yourself until you can reliably unscramble them. Yep. That method is actually kind of flawed for shorter mm-hmm. words. So for example, if I, if I were to sh- throw the following three letters at you, right? A X Z. There's a word in there. Can you guess what it is? A
0: X Z. Yeah. And you have just, to use all three letters. Yes, there is a word, see, a three-letter word in there. I'm horrendous. I mean, the the word that I see is Zax, but that's, is that that's actually it. a word? That's oh, okay. a word. Yeah. That's just literally just a yeah. You know. Yeah.
1: It's a. I think it's a little t- tool for um some kind of a little blade or something like right. that. Um, but so that is basically the only guess that you could have made using those three letters. So... You can see words like that very easily by guessing them, but they don't actually imprint on your brain as well with that method. So for me, this is where the boggle has given me this huge superpower. By seeing those words over and over and over again over a period of years, I basically don't have to worry about that. They're cemented. So for me, it's definitely the longer words that I have to focus on and also that are very, the more letters that you have, the more aesthetically appealing a word can be sometimes. There are these longer words that are just really fun when you come across them that as soon as you see them once, they're going to imprint pretty quick.
0: So you know what I think is really important about this, right? About this line of questioning is I think, I'm going to put myself out there. I think when somebody looks at someone like you, I think for casual folks, they just assume that you can do these things. And I think what you're pointing out, which is so important, it sounds like you work your ass off. Yeah, no to be question. A good, you know, in the same way that like, you know, when somebody's like, oh man, I wish it could be Jimi Hendrix. You know, Jimi Hendrix just had this innate ability to play the guitar. That might be true, but he also played thousands of gigs before anybody knew who he was, you know?
1: This is a huge misconception across all sort of mind, mind-based skill games. Obviously, there is some level of innate ability that goes into this, but I think it is, as opposed to, you know, am I a genius? Is a chess grandmaster a genius? I don't think their status as grandmasters or or my status as a grandmaster Scrabble player is any sign of anything concrete other than I've worked my ass off, like you yeah. said. Yeah, so yeah. Could, could there be... And there are people within the Scrabble world that I would say are legitimate geniuses. They've shown it in other areas of their life that they have this level of genius combined with Scrabble. I definitely do not self-identify as a genius. I self-identify as somebody with a hint of natural ability for this one particular task, which is learning words. And discipline and doggedness to decide that this is something that I would like to be good at that is rewarding to me to be good at and I'm going to put in the time and energy to get there that's right. that's what it's proof of okay
0: no and that makes complete sense you're very self-aware by the way which it's, <laughs> it's no I'm serious like it's always nice to talk to somebody that knows themselves in that sort of almost like greek philosophical sense you know I do a lot of thinking about these these topics. Yeah, no, che- but,
1: checking myself, checking my assumptions at every turn. Right, to tr- but that's try what to makes you a good truth. teacher.
0: That I know because I am a teacher. I mean, I've been doing this forever. Like, I think that that I'm totally on the same page with you. Okay, now, so let's let's temporarily freeze, right? So, okay. definitely, I think for our audience that's listening, right? I think we definitely have at least maybe a minute sense, because, I mean, we could talk for hours about this, right? We have a sense that, so you know words pretty well. You know how to recognize them. You put the time in in terms of doing these different jumbles, which I'm sure you could probably talk way more about. But you do these jumbles. You learn how to see these patterns. But that's like, you know, half of the game. Now you're halfway there. Right? (laughs) Right? Because for our audience, again, like I'm sure that if you're listening, you've probably played Scrabble before. But now what we need to talk about is the strategy you use because it's not just knowing these words it's not just being able to recognize them but and again i'm not in any way shape or form a competitive player but just watching a few of your videos the way you control a board the way you shut somebody down the way you have to think about well what might they have on their rack like what words might they be able to play jump in here i mean that's the whole other level of this game
1: yeah and that part of the game is so rich that i think that is instinctively why a lot of players study the words the way they do because yeah. you want as much interaction with that side of the game as possible you don't want to be bogged down by you know taking your letters and shuffling them you would love ideally to see your options instantaneously and spend the entire rest of the game engaging with that strategic richness instead. That is why right. we do this insane regimen, I think, yeah, and, in many cases.
0: So. Right, and to be fair to the audience, because let's just say you're listening to this and you've never played Scrabble before, right? Um, here, I will, I, the, here, here's the dumb guy doing this, right? So, you know, every, every word, uh, again, you can kind of jump in here, but every word basically scores... Points. And not only does the complexity of the word kind of come into play there, but if you look at a Scrabble board, and I know that some Scrabble words might be a little different, right? Meaning some of them score points differently, but there are places on the board where if you if you basically put a word like you get more points for a certain letter or you get more points for a word. Um in terms of the dumb guy explaining that, how'd I do? Was that sure, all right? Sure, you did great. Yeah. I mean, the dumb <laughs> guy, the dumb
1: guy scrabble explainer. I mean yes. part of part of the Part of the beauty of Scrabble is it really does embody that incredibly easy to learn, difficult to master type game. So if you've never played Scrabble before, the objective is you take turns with your opponent playing words in a straight, in a straight line. The letters that you play have uh numbers on them. That's your score. It interacts with the bonus squares on the board to multiply or add to your score, and you keep going until there's more no more letters. <laughs> that's right. that's it. That's Scrabble. So, um,
0: so, and you have to really play the board, right? Like, do you ever yeah. do you ever look at the table and say to yourself, like, I know that my opponent could play a word here. So I'm gonna play a word somewhere else to almost like mess up uh the that kind of level of strategy that they might be sort of employing if that makes yeah, sense that, yeah for
1: sure so there's there's so much that goes into scrabble strategy that the way you're describing so i think there there are several sort of branches of it so the first is to realize that purely selfishly as you know what a, what am i trying to do every time i sit down i'm trying to score as many points as I can. So within that branch of strategy, you have this idea that if I have two plays that score the same number of points, but they leave different letters over for next turn, how do I properly evaluate those leftover letters for next turn? How do I get a better understanding of which combinations of letters are actually better for me than others to leave over? So that's a huge step Getting right. that intuitive sense of your turns kind of flowing into each other and setting yourself up well. And you just see it a lot from newer Scrabble players saying, oh, what do I do with all these vowels, all these consonants? You know, I, I hate when when my game gets bogged down like that. The, excuse me. The very first thing you learn is to how to avoid as many of those situations as possible proactively. Right. So that's right. one branch. Obviously, knowing the words is part of that. But then there's this whole other idea that you alluded to, which is, yeah, obviously I want to score the most points that I can, but actually what I want to do is score more points than my opponent. That's the right. real objective. So in order to do that, yes, you want to maximize your points, but you also need to deny your opponent the ability right. to get their points. So how do you do that? Looking at the board, looking at the biggest threats, so much of Scrabble involves risk assessment and figuring out what are the real dangers on the board. And then there's this whole crazy probabilistic element that creeps in. And I remember when, you know, the four years ago, the pre-COVID days, when we were mm-hmm. talking about this, I mentioned something to you where every Scrabble game follows a continuum from mm-hmm information incompleteness like poker where you almost know nothing about what your opponent holds and what's in the bag to the end of a scrabble game where you have perfect information like a chess game where you can look at what your opponent has what what's been played on the board you should theoretically in tournament play you're ticking off each letter that's played so if you do your bookkeeping correctly you will know exactly what your opponent holds yeah and now scrabble has become chess effectively right so every game travels that continuum but in that little murky late game phase you start to have hunches that get stronger and stronger of wow there's wow we're we're really close to the end of the game but three out of the four s's have yet to hit the board. It certainly seems like it's likely that they will have an S, and I need to be careful about setting up something that can be pluralized.
0: Things like right. that come into play. Right, right, right. Yeah, that makes total sense. When you're, let me ask something. When you're playing um, a tournament game, are you allowed to write down anything you want? Can you? Do you yeah, know what I mean? Can I you think- try to write write words as you go? Is that something you do, or do you just keep track of the letters that get played?
1: So um, there are standard score sheets. I think there's some rules, not to get bogged down, but I don't mm-hmm. think you can like bring a score sheet that has a word list printed on it or something like right, that. Right, it has right. to be purely for scorekeeping purposes. But for sure, over the course of the game, when a word is played, either by you or your opponent, you would be ticking letters off of a checklist. However you do that, for for my career, usually I just write the alphabet in order, and when... One of those letters is played, I write a little tick on it it. so I can sort of quickly ascertain, oh, wow, there's 10 E's that have been played out of the 12 in the set. I should be careful about using my E, Um, you know, things like that. And I just feel like that part of the game, figuring out what is the composition of the unplayed letters, how could that affect what my opponent is trying to do or what their holdings may be it feels very poker like uh, and uh, it's an it's a tremendously rewarding part of the game when you can get into it but i think it is so gated behind the fact that for most players, even strong tournament players, it's so freaking tough just to find the words that you have. Yeah, And it's tough to even get to that part. It takes a lot of time and energy to be able to access it.
0: Right. And on that note, so what's up again, I'm such a layman at this. So, but it it seems like what separates those elite, elite, elite players compared with really great players is just that ability where it's almost like a given that you have a rack of letters and you know a word, right? D- does that make sense? Like meaning here, why don't I ask it this way? Have you ever gotten a rack before where you're like, I don't, I can't find a word in this?
1: No, not like a, a word, period. Certainly, yes. I mean, it if, if I have, it's because there were no words in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, gotcha. So if I got a rack of uh of seven, you know, of seven E's or something. I would not be able to find a a long word in there and uh, that's because there isn't any. So uh, there is no question though that I have gotten racks of seven letters that have had a seven letter word in them and I've just failed to spot them in that moment. So I do think, that at that top level, you actually, I was thinking about this when you mentioned your pool analogy, right? Really, really strong pool players. You expect them to hit the shot almost no matter how difficult it is. But if you're watching a high level pool match, it's likely going to be defined by which player makes an unforced error that's out of character for them. Totally. Scrabbles at that that high level and maybe any pastime at a high level um, of a skill cap that's sufficiently high that you could potentially get close to reaching it, but it's still really high, so you're going to make mistakes. A lot of those pastimes come down to unforced errors. Who who makes a blunder at, at the wrong time?
0: Yeah. Is there a time limit on games?
1: There is, yeah. Tournament? So it's just like chess. A chess clock is employed. You get the standard amount is 25 minutes per side that mm-hmm. you can use as you like over the full course of the game. So what that means is I might spend 10 seconds on a move where I just know it's drop dead obvious what I'm supposed to do. And then I might spend 10 minutes on a really complicated move. That's fine. As long as that total number of time spent doesn't exceed 25 minutes. And then you start to get docked on the scoreboard 10 seconds per, sorry, 10 points per minute over time. And after a certain number of minutes over time, you instantly forfeit.
0: Gotcha. So in terms of these tournaments, just kind of making a little bit of a transition here. So, and you know, what's funny because um, I'm looking at the time. We're not going to be able to get everything in here. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to deliberately, I guess, take my time. I'm not going to rush because we can always have you back on at some other point. Yeah, um, a lot to get into. Yeah, no, there is a lot to talk about. And again, like for those of my, uh, my, my people out there, I often call them that, that listen to this podcast. I'm sure that they probably are thinking a million things as well because there's just a lot here to cover. For sure. Okay, so my question was going to be something along the lines of, given your role with Scrabble now, because I know you're doing a lot of work behind the scenes and, e- and even in front of the scenes, so to speak, because you're such a, a a person of of note on YouTube in particular about strategies and getting more people into the game and showcasing other players and things like that. I mean, are you still playing the same amount of tournaments now that that you were before you were doing all of that? So, quick
1: answer for sure is is no. Um yep. part part of that is um, at least in recent history, part of that is we have a cat that's been ill, so mm-hmm. my wife and I have not wanted to travel too many places. He, right. he needs medicine every day, so some of our travel plans have been altered by that, where I feel like I probably would have played a little bit more, but there is no question that with the YouTube channel and other stuff that I'm that I'm doing in the Scrabble world, I'm playing a bit less. I'm still trying to stay as sharp as I can with a little yeah. bit... Um, you you know less time over the board um, but uh, I feel like I'm still sharp enough that even if I'm not perfectly optimized to my Scrabble ability I'll be able to compete Um. you know I went into the world championship this this summer not feeling like I had done the same level of preparation that I had done in the past and I came pretty close I made a video about this where I was in first place on days one two and three before finally on the final day day four falling out of um the top group so Mm -hmm. and i was still the highest finishing um u.s player so i felt like you know i was in pretty good form um i'm not super worried about that i feel like right now i i have an opportunity with the growth of my youtube channel which has shocked me uh, in many ways to to make a really powerful impact for the world of competitive Scrabble, that I feel really passionate about. That more so than I do about being the absolute best Scrabble player I can be. If I'm 95% of that or 90% of that, I'm I'll, I'll be pretty satisfied that yeah. I can compete and still do this other stuff.
0: Well, let's talk about that actually. Sure. So let's talk about your YouTube channel. Let's let's talk about some of the things that you're doing for Scrabble. I mean, what jumped out at me almost immediately, you're a natural teacher. The fact that you're not a teacher, like the fact that you didn't go into that field is actually kind of surprising to me. I really appreciate
1: that, by Yeah, the way. no,
0: because I think what you're doing, and-, and I admire people like this, you take something that's unbelievably complicated and you make it so that anybody can understand it. And I think that that's the, that's the strength of your YouTube channel. I think
1: part of that is, for whatever reason, I'm kind of able to access my own frame of mind from when I was learning this game and the things mm-hmm. that I would have found useful to see explained or to hear or even some of the mistakes I made in Scrabble games when I was, you know, just starting out in my career. I feel for whatever reason that I can easily step back into that novice's shoes and think, what would I need to see to really get this to click, this concept in, in my mind? Um, and I, And a lot of that comes from also having done a lot of live commentary on scrabble mm-hmm. streaming when I, before youtube i started out believing that our pathway in competitive scrabble to greater visibility was actually on twitch not youtube um right. and i've since learned that you know v, you know because of things like uh discovery algorithms and, th- and things like that that youtube is probably better suited to that than twitch yeah. in fact um so so it's good that i'm here now doing this yeah. but the, the twitch era definitely helped me um trying to do live commentary on scrabble events and things like that it helped me when I listen back over to some of that commentary, I can hear some things like unexplained jargon mm-hmm. or eliding past things that are natural to me, but that a new player, when I when I listen to it removed from from being in that moment, I can hear myself leaving out key details that would yeah. have tied an argument together. And YouTube is way easier to catch that stuff before it gets out there. It's not live, you can listen to it, edit it, make absolutely sure that it is delivering the message the way you want. And I think, you know, it's it's been that progression to this point where that's that's a huge passion for me to, and I it's it's thrilling to know that, you know, for you and for other people, these complicated, you know, scrabble principles are hitting home. You can sort of understand even if Yeah. It's not something you even aspire to do. Maybe you do, but if you don't, it's still cool to
0: see, to witness yeah. in
1: action, and that that's been rewarding.
0: Yeah, now I haven't said anything controversial yet, which is surprising <laughs> to be honest. but I will say it now, right? Um, and again, like with the understanding that, um, you know, our interview time is you know slowly you know kind of coming to an end here., yep. yep. It's very surprising to me that here we go. Chess is always the thing that I think casual people think of where you're an intellectual, you're a really strong gamer, you have some sort of, you know, hidden ability, right? Chess is always the thing that kind of comes to mind. And a lot of schools have chess clubs, right? And often your best and brightest are in that club. Why, for the love of God, why why is that not Scrabble? Because again, here's the controversy, Right. It seems to me that it takes way more to be a good Scrabble player than it is to be a great chess player. There's more to do. There's more to learn. There's more permutations. There's more possibilities in a in a Scrabble game than there is in a game like chess, where the rules are so damn defined. Do you know what I mean?
1: I do. Yeah. So you you asked this as we were warm yes, warming <laughs> up, and I had I had a key point that I I want to bring up, which is. I'm a huge chess fan too. I I make no, you know, I'm not trying to draw a comparison between Scrabble being so much more complicated than chess. The games are slightly different in the way that you go about them. There's no question that the move space in Scrabble with the 100,000 words or however many there are and the, the, the act of actually finding your move and then figuring out what to do with it Is a whole extra layer of complexity that Scrabble has. But what I would say is that, you know, chess grandmasters are pretty damn good. And I think (laughs) they are. (laughs) I think it's more a question of what are their brains optimized to do. So in Scrabble, we are not optimized to look many moves ahead. We're looking kind of shallowly into. the the next move or two, trying to suss out that incomplete information that your uh, opponent may have to guide your next play. But it's very, very rare in Scrabble that you can look two or three or four moves ahead, right? There's too much noise in the game to even consider that. So chess, yeah, it doesn't have that noise that it does create complexity, but in a way, that that complexity of Scrabble is too insane to even try to deal with. Whereas in chess, it is so serene. The perfect information available to you at all times. The moves are easy to find. Your pieces are right there. You know how they move. And like an hour after playing chess, you know how the pieces move. Right. But chess players go deep, real deep into their lines. Right. They're calculating. Four, five, six, 10, 15 moves deep, which is an incredible feat of right. sort of mental gymnastics. So I'm never going to take anything away from top chess players' ability to do that sort of calculation. It's a little bit different. The only time Scrabble comes anywhere close to that, again, is in the end game when information becomes perfect, just the way it is in chess. But uh, yeah, Scrabble, I-, I would say though, Is so your your postulation was is Scrabble more complicated than chess? I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. Yeah. But my mission, one of the big things I'm trying to do with YouTube is to suggest that Scrabble is actually on that same podium, on that same pedestal. And I do think there is a huge gap in the perception of Scrabble, as you suggest. Chess is the mind sport, you know, that that is the arena where I I made a video about this too, right? You see it in action movies. James Bond plays his... That, the bad guy in chess, Professor X plays Magneto in chess. Yep. Nobody's playing Scrabble, <laughs> right? True. Yeah, it's good um, point. The quirky characters in the movies are playing Scrabble. Alan from, uh, you know, Two and a Half Men is playing Scrabble, not Charlie, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, Charlie's not playing chess either, but um, <laughs> but the the point is that Scrabble, I think, does suffer a little bit from that stigma of being purely a casual game, and this goes back to what I. I said earlier that Scrabble's complexity is a little bit more secret you have to engage with the game a little bit deeper to start unraveling it but once you do it is just so beautiful
0: yeah, and you know what? That in 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 a in a way, that's actually a perfect place to almost pause this conversation. Sure. Because, like I kind of knew this going in. I think I said this to you when even before we were An hour is
1: going to be tight.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. Like an hour is going to be not enough time to really do this, right? So I think what I feel really good about right now is we've definitely introduced you. We've definitely introduced Scrabble to the twenty sided gamified audience, and you know, with any luck, um, you know, you have such a following, so. I'm very proud of the fact that we got to do this. And I'm very proud of the fact that, you know, some of your, you know, your Scrabble folks are going to get a chance if they really get into this podcast to see all the other games that are out there as well. Because there's just so much, there's so many games to play, but not enough time necessarily to do it. So it's, it's just a very cool, I'm just very happy that you did this, you know.
1: Well, one of my, I actually, I'm going to have to check my emails because at 9 a.m. today I released a new video on my YouTube channel in a series that speaks to exactly what you're talking about. My video that I released today is about comparing Scrabble and Magic the Gathering. Oh I have I have a I have a series (laughs) of videos that I'd like to do comparing Scrabble to these other games. And I think in part it's because members of other gaming communities will find kindred spirits here with us in the competitive arena. And I just want to try to you know allow some of those communities to experience Scrabble in the same way that they experience their game where they might not even think that Scrabble has that depth to it. So I'm very passionate about continuing to branch out into that series as well in the
0: future. Well, Will, you're describing the whole point of this podcast. So I don't know. Do <laughs> you realize you just basically like outed yourself as a future contributor to this podcast? Because wow. it, literally what you're describing is kind of what I've been trying to do with this Whole podcast, you know the Special idea correspondent. of no, absolutely to like kind of connect games and connect, you know, different people out there and really show that a good game is a good game. And there's so many skills that really kind of overlap. Whether you're talking about role play gaming, like what we were talking about earlier, so like for example, Mike's ability to look at some people at a table and think about a story that he has in mind and think about what the players' motivations are, and then right then in that moment, come up with a story to tell. You know. Not exactly the same thing as looking at a Scrabble board, but my whole thing is I think there's overlap. Absolutely.
1: Know? And there's a genius to it too that yeah. you know you can see in action when he does that.
0: So no, totally. Okay. So here is a way that I always loved to sort of end podcasts, right? Well, so all right, if somebody that is listening to this podcast has never heard of Scrabble or not heard of you, what are the best ways for them to find the things that you do? Where are you located on the internet?
1: Yeah, I think for me, the area that I'm putting by far the most effort into is my YouTube channel at Wanderer15. Apparently, now it does also come up if you just search for Scrabble in the YouTube search bar, so that I'm sure I'm getting some form of like SEO boost from that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, at Wanderer15 on YouTube, I've made, uh, I think now with the release of the latest video, 29 videos since. Uh, may of this year trying to do one a week and uh, i cover a lot of different topics going into the history of competitive scrabble great plays great moments and uh, earlier than that i also have some educational content i have a series of videos where i dive into each letter in the scrabble alphabet or in our alphabet and talk about how you can better use them in scrabble so i've got a lot of content there that i'm i'm pretty proud of so that would be um, the the top place to go
0: no that's very cool. And when when are you playing your next tournament? Uh
1: again that's somewhat cat dependent. I hope I can get yeah. out there pretty soon. Um I I think sometime early 2023 i'm gonna make it happen just because i'm itching to get back out there yeah Um, there are some good ones happening in early january and mid-january that i'm not sure i'll get to but if i don't it might be that i'll just do live commentary on them instead so which Um, is
0: also really valuable i mean i know you might not necessarily be playing but again like just to open up the scrabble world for different people you have just that ability to you know, again, um, make sense of this game. And also to make it sound super fun, which it is. It is really, really fun, you know? So I really appreciate this dude. I really, uh, I'm very thankful that you were willing to come on and chat. And
1: I'm incredibly thankful to be invited, Jared. It's been a great conversation. It feels cool. like we could definitely dive oh, into 100%. some other areas. So maybe, well, up to, maybe you. <laughs> to be
0: continued. No,
1: I, <laughs> no, I had definitely. a great I had a great time. Thank you so much for having All me right, on. Cool, and it feels like it to be continued
0: to me. All right, cool. Sounds good. And so for everybody out there that's listening, um, we're basically gonna wrap up now. Um again, super thankful that uh Will was willing to come on uh and and chat about his Scrabble experiences. Also don't forget. You know, given um given the state of the world, right? You know, uh I was just reading the news this morning and it could be incredibly depressing. Uh don't forget that our our biggest sponsor right now of this show is BetterHelp. And I'm very thankful for that relationship. So you can always go into the show notes. Um or at the very very beginning of the episode you probably heard a little bit of that ad uh, just just for better help and you know and if you need somebody to talk to uh, the beauty is is that you can do it right over your device. so again everybody that's listening out there very appreciative. thank you so much have a wonderful 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 day See you later Thank you so much for listening to today's 20-sided gamified podcast. I hope you got as much out of the conversation as I did you're interested in learning more about the organizations i work with please visit www.nextgengaming.org and www.nasaga.org my instagram handle is hmgs underscore nextgen underscore inc until next time be well get some gaming in and roll some 20s thank you so much we yeah. yeah.